And welcome back to the Ford Taylor Talks podcast. I'm Pat Williams with the man, the myth, the legend. Ford Taylor, what's up, buddy? Hey, PW. Uh, You're up. You're always up. Anyway, great being with you. It always is. I'm always so excited when we get a a time to do these things. Uh, You know, we haven't really been on a roll like we were, and we're getting lots of requests to get back at it. So thank you for your willingness to get these going again. Great to see you. All good, brother. We're um, we're uh, wrapping up uh, 2022, and and to call uh, 2022 a, a weird or odd year, uh, some people say, well, at least it wasn't 2021, but uh, it, it has been a unique uh, 365 days. No doubt about it. Uh, you know, a lot of what happened in 2020. Uh, needless to say, we're still have some lingering effects through 2021, 2022. And my guess is there are some people that have lingering effects the rest of their lives. My hope is the people who really are more concerned about their relationships with their families, their employees, their neighbors, they won't have lingering effects forever because they will reconcile over any conflicts that might have happened around COVID, around the shot, all kinds of things, government, elections, you know, that they will prioritize their relationships over their opinions and maybe will not have to suffer from long-term effects. That's a good word, Ford. Ford, uh, since we are north of 50 episodes, can we um, digress just a second and really go back to uh, when we first started talking about doing this? Um, what are we trying to accomplish here? Is there's podcasts, there's options, there's topics, there's people, there's personalities. Um, what are we trying to do here uh, every time we hit the record button and say go? Well, PW, as you know, I never really thought about doing a podcast, it, you know, because so much of what we did was live. Uh, you know, we have our online platform that lets people get, you know, TL through that. When COVID hit, though, we started getting questions. How are we going to hear from you? You can't, you and your team can't get to us anymore. And so, you know, you and I talked and said, how can we continue helping people globally if we can't get on a plane and get to them? And and we talked about the 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 whole theory around TL is that, you know, leadership has really become motivational and inspirational and very little that's practical and implementable. We've raised up leaders globally that they care so much more about how they're seen or what people think of them than they care about the people that follow them. And so, you know, was there a format that we could continue helping people get the practical, implementable tools to know how to love, influence, transform, how to forgive, you know, how to get through understanding relationship and transaction and and be able to walk forward even in a time of being separated? And so we said, let's give this a shot and see what happens. And as you know, my daughter's the one that, you know, she said, Dad, what are you going to talk about? I said, we're going to talk about influence. We're going to talk about unconditional love. We're going to talk about transforming lives. And she said, Dad, just let your tagline be, let's get lit. So, you know, good old feedback from millennials. So that's just a little feedback of a little answer to your question of, you know, why are we doing it? What caused us to do it? And, and I got to tell you, it's just been fun doing this with you and, of course, we always love to get the feedback and knowing that it's helping people. So we're thankful for that. That's good stuff. Forty, let me 
let's let's talk about a current event and uh one of the craziest most outrageous news stories uh and you know we don't date these because you know i went back i think i listened to our third episode the other day we didn't tell like what year it was or what time it was but uh recently a very famous person uh in the world who uh some would call a genius uh, some would not a gentleman named elon musk who's doing some pretty incredible things with uh, space travel and AI and the Tesla is like his, like that's old news now. That's like an old used car, you know, but here's the guy that um, was watching. Um, I don't want to speak for him. I'm just going to give my opinion here that I want you to chime in. He was watching the manipulation of information uh, with one of the most used platforms and resources. Now we're talking about Twitter. Uh, some would say it's a dumpster fire. Some would say it's a garbage dump. But uh, here's a guy that saw things going on. He knew something wasn't quite right and uh, saw an opportunity to make a change. And you want to talk about putting yourself out there. So long story short, uh, Elon Musk uh, buys Twitter. Yep. And um, Twitter was a company that was uh, losing millions and millions of dollars. Uh, too many employees. When the news story broke for it, I, I felt myself compelled to really dig into the employees and culture at Twitter. And I was amazed <laughs> when you talk about transformation leadership, what we know and how we want to be and how we want to act and how we want to uh, speak and walk. People were literally doing day in the life videos and coming in whenever they wanted and working for 45 minutes, and going out for an hour latte, and working for 30 minutes, and taking a two-hour lunch, and deciding to go home. It was amazing what I was watching, and I was thinking to myself, well, no wonder this company um, is losing money, and is off the rails, uh, and have, have, have really... Um, strayed so far away from their original thought was, hey, let's build a platform where everybody can converse and people can share ideas and and uh, and we can hear both sides of the of stories and equations. That all went away. So to land this plane, I wonder what a guy like you hears about a disaster <laughs> that went on at Twitter. Do you ever think about if they would have just had a transformational leader or at least a social covenant in place, or they they had some guidelines like when we're together, how we're going to treat each other. Can you imagine the impact missed uh, from a company that globally employed 7,500 people and had a billion people interacting uh, in, in one way, shape, or form? Yeah, PW. So before I answer your question, I want to point one thing out. You know, lots of times when I'm out doing trainings with lots of people, you know, let's say there's hundreds of people in the room and we'll just we'll just start in America. And I'll ask them, how many of you watch a certain news station? And some number of the people in the room will raise their hand. I'll say, how many of you watch this other news station? And one of those stations is typically uh, considered more liberal and the other one's considered more conservative. And of course, most people in the room watch one of those two stations. And then I'll ask the question, so how many of you believe everything you see? And pretty much all the hands will go up. And I say, well, 
can I love you enough to share something with you? And of course, they'll all say, they'll yell yes. And I'll go, you're just stupid. I mean, no offense, but let me change it. You're just ignorant. And so, and they all laugh because it really is done in love and, and I care about people. And so uh, if anybody's listening right now and you're pro Twitter prior to the acquisition, or if you're pro Elon Musk buying Twitter, based on what you've heard and whatever media you watch, uh, I'll, I'll say to you the same thing that I say to those people in trainings. If you hear something that irritates you, okay, uh, I, I actually challenge people, go watch the other news that you're not used to watching. And when you hear something that irritates you, go do your own research. Go look deep into it. You know, follow the trail and find out if what irritates you, that you should be irritated because it's a lie. Or what if you found out, hmm, that really is true. But because most of us won't do our own research and we get impacted by the media, I believe a lot of Americans, we walk in ignorance and we get controlled. That's just my opinion. And I tell people, you know, learn to give up your need to be right without losing your passion for truth and find peace. And so uh, my opinion and a bunch of money will buy you a cup of coffee. Uh, and so so when we talk about this subject, I, just, I want our listeners to be sure that if we say something that pokes your button, go look at what got poked and find out, is that opinion correct? And so I also, during the middle of all the potential, uh, the rumors of potential acquisition, you know, I started looking at some different things to think, you know, why would anybody want to buy something that's losing that much money? You know, why would anybody want to buy something that, that promotes themselves as a platform, like you said, originally of sharing both sides of the story that appeared to me because it doesn't matter which side I'm on, it just appeared that it got pretty one-sided, okay? And now my concern, is it going to get one-sided the other way? Because that, that, that certainly, that opportunity is certainly there, okay? But when I did the research and I saw all the different apartments that, that they had, now I'm talking as a businessman, I'm not talking about my view on Twitter, Right now, I'm not talking about my view on liberal versus conservative. Yeah, I'm just I'm answering your question as a businessman. Yeah, understood. And when I saw all the different apartments of people they had that were working on the things they were working on, you know, and, and most of them were very, very liberal things, right or wrong, I just wouldn't have thought that a company that's a for-profit company would have had that many hundreds of employees working on those kinds of things it just to me that was that was a little bit illogical and so when a businessman elon musk is a businessman if you hate businessmen okay then you hate me too okay um but as a businessman he went in and said why are we losing millions of dollars daily and as he looked into it yeah he he made some cuts and some of those cuts were departments and again if no one has actually looked into what some of those departments were, you'd have to ask your question, why would a for-profit company have departments doing those things? It, as a businessman, it just wasn't logical. But those departments also 
uh, fit the transition from we have a platform that's going to let everybody share their views. You know, those same departments were also uh, expressing the views of one side of the American people's views. Um, and so I think, again, it, it could happen that the same thing happens the other direction. Um, I hope that's not the case. I hope that it really is a platform that people can express their views and that American people are smart enough not to be inflamed and on either end of that spectrum. And that we at some point can be a people who do our own research and find out, you know, what is the real root of the truth of so many of the things uh, that we're being told on social media, on main platform media, by politicians, and, and that we would just do our own research and not be and not be drug into either side of that argument. So I answered that as a businessman. I, it didn't make sense to me that all those departments would be getting paid that much money to not work very much to do those kinds of things in a for-profit business. What they, uh, what's the old saying for the good work if you can get it? Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah. You know, back to um, uh, kind of the, the central theme of, you know, we love to talk about workplace and culture and accountability and, uh, you know, I wonder what the VP Mosa was. <laughs> did anybody, did anybody write one in this place? Uh, if, uh, if uh, what you know about, um, if what, if, if what you know about Twitter, tell me if Elon called you today and said, Ford, I need you to come in and uh, evaluate with me and, um, let's roll out TL inside of here is that place fixable i mean every place is fixable but man that just seems like a big a big uh, uh a lot of bites off a big elephant you know pw when, when you're invited to countries and work with governments who are in civil war and you watch um what can happen when people apply principles yeah if elon must call me today i'd probably as soon as i finish up with all the clients i'm with right now i'd probably say i'll be there full time if you want me uh, because that kind of place with that kind of influence you know it, it could change the world if it really did truth you know and and really express principles that were good for all americans you know we talked about uh, and all people who've come to america to become americans if um you know, we've talked about practical, implementable, not worrying about what, you know, people think about you. I think Elon Musk is probably one of those leaders that he does care. And I know it's hard for people who believe in a different way than he believes, because whether I agree with him or not is insignificant for now. Uh, I do think he's a person that probably cares about our country and, and wants to do things at least right from his perspective. And again, uh, but yeah, if he called, I'd go, you know, PW, just uh, on a funny note, uh, you know, a number of people have asked me to run for politics. Uh, you know that. Yeah, I do. You, know, you know some of them. And and the silly part is, I mean, they've asked me to run for president, as you know. And I've jokingly said, get me a meeting with Elon Musk, and if he'll give me a couple billion dollars to run the, you know, to run a, a campaign, I might consider it. But, <laughs> but my point is, you know, here's a guy that that has money 
and and says, you know, I remember that someone tweeted that for I think it was six billion dollars he could eradicate poverty in the world. And Elon Musk tweeted back, I've got it sitting in a bank account. Come bring your business plan on how you can eradicate poverty. And I've got six billion dollars waiting on you. And so the thing is, be careful, you know, because you put that that guy put the challenge out. So yeah, if he called and said, you know, I'd love to shift the culture into, you know, something like what you do. Absolutely, I would take it on. I probably have to take a bunch of people with me because yeah. they're a huge company. Uh, but yeah, we'd do it. That's good, Ford. You, uh, when you do a live event, it happens every time. I know it's coming. I still get goosebumps. I still feel like someone's doing. Uh, what's that called when they put the needles in you? The uh, acupuncture. Acupuncture. <laughs> I mean, I. I I'm standing in the batter's box. I know a fastball is coming right at my head. We talk about uh, implementable tools, but one of your one of the key behaviors in leadership is transparency. And you know, you 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 open with that. You you talk about it throughout the ATL trainings, and then you walk at. And I've probably said this on this podcast before, but I remember uh, referring you uh, to a company down in Florida. And um, the the CEO at the time, who's uh, thank God's no longer the CEO, uh, <laughs> told me that he didn't want to hire you as a consultant because you were too transparent, which was really the issue at that company: <laughs> secrets and innuendo and all this stuff, you know. And I think about uh, you. I think about that word as someone said, you know, give ten words, not ten stories, but ten words that describe Ford Taylor. You know, you have to include that that word, right? And I think about uh, Elon Musk, and not that we know everything about him, but he had a very intentional strategy to clean the decks or to be transparent with this company. And there's uh, he hired two liberal reporters, and he gave them access to all internal communications. And I don't think he gave them any other parameters except that when they, the first time this information is released publicly, it has to be on Twitter. And I think that's the only guidelines. But in the spirit of transparency, he said the only way we regain credibility is to be 100% transparent. And as he was, as he was uh, explaining his, his strategy, uh, uh, a, when I hear that talk, I always think of you, but but pretty is that genius? Is that reckless? How do you how do how do you view making all that information public? Well, you got well, number one, I'm a big fan of that. Okay. The dilemma is gonna be that if these people really do do what he asked them to do, okay, and he comes out with information that a lot of people don't want to hear, the mainstream media is not going to pick it up anyway. You know, they're not going to, they're not going to express what he found out. But they which found they're out. not. I mean, which they're not. It's been out for two weeks and, and half of them aren't even talking about it. I know. Sorry. And so unless, so, so you know, there, there's a, 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 a media that I listen to that's something that is more on the conservative end as well as one on the more liberal end. 
And the dilemma is if if you already believe that that everybody in media is skewing the truth. So even the ones who may come out with verbatim, I mean verbatim, what these reporters write, you, you're not going to believe what you don't want to believe. Okay. And this is why I go back to what I said earlier. Go do the research and find out. Because if you if you're an anti-Elon Musk person and they come out with something that's something you don't want to hear or don't want to believe, number one, you're probably never going to hear it anyway. But if you do, it's going to push your button. If you're a pro-Elon Musk person and, and they come out with what you want to hear, you're going to go, yeah. But that's kind of normal. Uh, the problem today is there's so much distrust in the media, the government, that most people don't know what to believe. But yeah, I did read what the reporters came out with. And and again, based on everything that I've been watching over the last three to five years in social media and mainstream media, whether it's conservative or liberal, I mean, it doesn't matter. Okay. I, I'm reading it going, yeah, as a businessman, this is probably all true. This is probably what he found. And it's probably reality. I mean, that's just part of it because of the research I've done. Uh, at the same time, uh, if if I hadn't done those things and I read it, I would have probably gone, what? Are you kidding me? There's no chance. And so, yeah, I, I think what they're, I think what's being written is probably, you know, at least in the ballpark of accurate. Yeah, pretty alarming. Um, what I read, obviously we're not, we're not here to, to, um, uh, dig into the Twitter files. I thought, uh, that's a relevant topic. I thought, um, which I always think with businesses that seem like they're about ready to combust before our eyes. I always think about if they had tools in place or if they had strategies in place that were practical and implementable, uh, how much easier it would be for them to uh, operate at a, at a high level, preserve relationships and really have an impact kind of going back to what we talked about at the beginning. The original uh, theory of Twitter was genius and could have been a world changer. But of course, what happens with, uh, you know, most anything good, if we don't pay attention to it, uh, if we don't hold people accountable, um, if we, we don't have a social covenant and, you know, place when we start treating each other uh, outside of the realm uh, that we agreed to, things uh, things go awry. Yeah, well, PW. You know, I I am a strong believer, and I've traveled to many cities in America, many states, and globally. And when I traveled globally before, in a lot of states, in my first career, if you will, I found something to be true. I started getting my own personal act cleaned up at some level, still working on it. We all are, right? <laughs> we'll go to our grave, still cleaning up our act. Uh, much more cleaned up than I was then, let's put it that way. And I found the same thing to be true, is that pretty much 100% of the people I meet are smart, gifted, or talented in at least one area. And many are smart, gifted, or talented in multiple areas. Uh, I also am a firm believer that 95 to 97% of our world, and I'm talking about individuals, have huge hearts. They truly care about their next door neighbor. They truly care about the people they work with. 
The dilemma is we haven't given practical, implementable tools on how to connect that brain with that heart. And without that, and we start listening to things that may not be true, and we start believing them to be true, then all of a sudden, again, doesn't matter which end of the political spe spectrum we live on, all of a sudden, here comes division. And when division comes with no tools on how to reconcile conflict, you end up where we are as a country, and most likely, you know, what Mr. Musk found uh, in Twitter. And so I, I do believe that if people that are smart, gifted, or talented with huge hearts are given those tools to walk that out, that not only will they have their own personal transformation, they'll get that 3 to 5% that's what it takes in any organization, two or more people. It's a marriage, a family, a company, a church, a city, or even a nation. Okay, any organization that if three to five percent could come together with a common language pulling on a rope in the common direction with a common playbook, that any of those things, uh, any of those areas I called out could be transformed. Uh, unity could come, and they would have a different look in their company, city, family, or nation. And as you know, that's why I do what I do. I've watched it over and over again. I've watched marriages be restored. I've watched governments. We had one government call and say, could you come teach 10 million millennials TL? And I, and I knew the answer, but I asked anyway, why do you want us to do millennials? Because they're not all locked up in their crud yet. And they're open. And that, we found that to be true. The younger that were uh, on the international call today, I found out that some of these international TL uh, facilitators with our online platform they're taking it into schools you know they're they're taking it into their churches and they're teaching teenagers these tools hoping that they'll have them as they go through life and so i'm a firm believer that you know when you give smart people with big hearts practical implementable ways guess what they truly can learn how to forgive you know and not get their buttons pushed not get offended and guess what happens they learn how to love. And when we learn how to love unconditionally, we have influence like we never thought possible. And in that influence, not only are we personally transformed, we have the influence with the people around us. So I'm going to keep on saying it probably till I go to my grave. Let's get lit. Let's stay lit. Love, influence, transform. Thank you for listening to this episode of Ford Taylor Talks. For more information and resources to help you love, influence, and transform, please visit FordTaylorTalks.com.